Hi, I'm Tony Hines and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, today's episode is all about supply chain collaboration, and I'm going to be taking a look at what this means to organizations cooperating in supply chains and what benefits it brings. So stay tuned. Well, this week, I want to take a look at supply chain collaboration and what sort of benefits does that bring to partners in the supply chain. So let's take a look at that. Now, a good starting point for looking at supply chain collaboration is to have a look at what recent research has been done on this topic. And I've selected a few recent articles and a few slightly older articles that publish their findings on the topic of supply chain collaboration and how that impacts on the organisation and, of course, partners in the supply chain. Now, one such paper that was published in Production Planning and Control is called The Effect of Supply Chain Collaboration on Firms' Risk Management and the Technology Turbulence. And that's by Li Shuting, Zhu Tongtong, Hyun Caleb Park and Mingyu Kang. And it was published on the 19th of June online in 2023. And the study took a look at the impact of supply chain collaboration and how that affects competitive advantage. And they say they use social exchange theory to do that. It looks at how they develop risk management capabilities in the supply chain to manage routine risk and extraordinary risk. And they say they take a contingency perspective. The study looked at survey data from 264 US manufacturing firms. And what they found out was that supply chain collaboration did positively impact routines and extraordinary risk management capabilities that further promoted competitive advantage. And they also say that collaboration was stronger when there was high levels of technological turbulence, which allows managers to design further risk management strategies to mitigate supply chain risk. So that's one interesting article that you can go and have a look at for yourselves and see what you think about the findings of the study. I've put a link to the articles in the show notes. So if you go to the notes for this episode, you'll be able to click on a link and it will take you to where you can find the paper. Now, the prevailing wisdom says that supply chain collaborations do bring benefits to those collaborating. And the sort of benefits that people claim are that through collaboration, you can improve on-time delivery of products and services, and you can resolve production delays. You can also save time by tracing items throughout the supply chain, and you can improve quality control, ensuring that the different production units are working to a particular standard. It's also claimed that it improves security because the information being transferred between the partners and inside the organisation is less likely to fall into the wrong hands. And it's said that longer-term relationships lead to higher profits and improve ethical working standards. And if you have a look around, you'll see that lots of big companies are mentioned to highlight some of the benefits. For example, it says Coca-Cola and McDonald's share information about resources to optimise the beverage and food distribution. Toyota also has a collaborative arrangement with Lotus on the design and production of sports cars. And Intel will have a number of collaborative arrangements with systems manufacturers to coordinate the development 
and delivery of microprocessors. There are challenges too that can prevent the effective cooperation, collaboration and coordination of supply chains. And some of those are also mentioned by people in different industries and some of the difficulties that they've had to overcome. And one of the top reasons that challenge collaborative arrangements is of course the mindset of people working in the supply chains and in the organisations themselves. And it may be that they need to understand what the value creation processes involved actually are and what benefits it can bring by collaborating. For example, in procurement, if you choose the right suppliers, you can secure new products, new services, and you can make sure that you're working with organisations that are innovative and reliable. You need metrics on this kind of stuff. You need to know what benefits that collaborative arrangement is bringing. And so it's important to understand what's going on at any point in time by having appropriate metrics. And we'll perhaps come back to that a bit later in the programme. And collaborative arrangements don't just take place between one person in one organisation and one person in another organisation, but rather that collaborative arrangement takes place at different levels. So a number of different people will be involved in the collaborative arrangement and they'll be the contact points between the organisations that collaborate. And you have to make sure that the collaboration objectives or the aims of that collaboration are understood by all the people involved so that they can work towards the goal that they're trying to achieve. And of course, all the time, as we know, there'll be disruptors coming in to all the organisations that work in the supply chain from the broader system, from external factors. So if you've got inflation going on, which we seem to have a lot of at the moment, that can impact and damage the normal arrangements that happen in those supply chains. Or if there's geopolitical shenanigans going on, that too can disrupt those collaborative arrangements. And then, of course, in the news presently, we listen to lots of discussion of climate change and extreme weather conditions. And so there are all those outside factors that come into play when we're thinking about collaboration. When you set up collaboration, it's like any management project. You have to know what the overall objective of this arrangement is, and you have to build in and design structures, systems, processes that will work to enable the collaboration that's taking place. And when we talk about the metrics, we're thinking about things like return on investment and key performance indicators, and they have to be designed carefully so that we know what we're measuring. What gets managed are things that we measure because they become important drivers of achievement. And it has to create a strategic value, not just an operational improvement. We have to know that we're working towards the goals of the people who are collaborating. Technology, of course, is a big enabler of collaboration and organisations have the means at their disposal to collaborate far more easily than perhaps they would have done 10 or 20 years ago because now we have digital systems in place through which we can perform collaborative ventures. It's also important to have the right people working in the collaborative arrangement. And sometimes we need a champion for those collaborative arrangements, somebody that takes responsibility and performs a role to coordinate other team members, both in terms of working in the collaborative arrangements, but also by motivating the team and by setting the goals 
and through clear communication, enable that collaboration to work effectively. Essentially, this is a leadership role. Some of the latest research on supply chain collaboration suggests that digital transformation is an important aspect of the change that makes collaborations effective. Organizations tend to share the digital technologies and they learn from each other in the process and they're able to share information more effectively through collaboration. For example, it's possible for companies to share warehouse space, trucking capacity, shipping arrangements, or on the operations side, they may be able to share technologies to improve production processes. These new collaborations, of course, require companies to work differently and they change the way they manage relationships with other entities in the supply chain so that they can build new alliances and work more effectively together. One recent study showed that IT capabilities were developed through supply chain collaboration and of course that can build resilience too. Both external resilience and internal resilience can be developed through collaboration. And we quite often hear that technologies such as blockchain are employed which can improve the quality of information and it can ensure that that information is only transferred to trusted partners in the supply chain and of course it's protected from cyber threats by using the blockchain. The Internet of Things is another area where real-time information on buying patterns to identify new ways that companies can work effectively to build demand. Or there's robotic process automation, which can be used to automate repetitive tasks and companies learn from each other about what's possible. Now, there was an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review, and it's by Maria Jesus Sayans, Eleanor Rivilla, and Inma Barella. And the article is called Digital Transformation is Changing Supply Chain Relationships. And in the article, they emphasize that digital transformation creates new products, processes, and services. And to provide the new offerings, companies have to share information and assets with each other in ways that were previously off-limits. They say that digitized services may require competitors to share both the physical assets, such as warehouse space, but also they have to share information between the organizations. So you've got to trust your partners if you're going to share information between the organizations. And they refer to this as a boundary-spanning mindset. So you have to have a mindset to be able to share that information effectively. So where do you sit when it comes to considering supply chain collaborations? Do you think collaborations are a good thing? Or do you still think that supply chains should remain competitive and there should be that edge between partners in the supply chain to keep things ticking along? Do you think collaborations can weaken a position, strengthen the position, reduce risk, reduce cost? Do you think the benefits that people are claiming about collaborations are appropriate? Or do you think old school, that collaboration is not really collaboration, but it's really competition, but played out in a collaborative setting? Let me know what you think. Now, another piece of research I'd ask you to go and read is a literature review of supply chain collaboration mechanisms and their impact on performance. And that was written by Dung Ho, Aaron Kumar, and Nirajan Shiwakoti. And it was published online in April 2019. 
I'll put the link in the episode notes. But it's an interesting article because it takes a look at the literature. It's a comprehensive literature review looking at the identified need for a systematic empirical study, examining how well the mechanisms of supply chain collaboration corresponds with performance. And that's exactly what we're talking about here today. So this is a an article I'd commend you to go and read. And it looked at articles during the period between 2000 and 2017. And it reveals trends in the adopted methodologies. I think that's always useful to see how people approach the problem of looking at the issue, the scopes of supply chain collaboration, what it means, and areas of performance. And they mention that there's limited research that takes a look at qualitative and simulation-based research in specific industries and geographic sections. So that's an interesting finding from the paper, I think. Not enough qualitative research to understand and not enough applied to specific industries and places. So they say there's a need for additional research on horizontal and internal collaboration, elements of power dependence in the relationship with performance and the effects of supply chain collaboration on environmental and social performance. So it's a very useful review. And they go on to say that engineering managers would benefit from examining case studies and the system dynamic tools to explore how different collaboration levels work and impact performance. Well, one of the other things that's talked about quite a lot is boundary spanning activity. And what they mean by this boundary spanning activity is essentially going beyond the silo. It's it's that kind of approach that you can move across the departmental and organizational boundaries into what they call boundary spanning activities. So it's a form of integration, probably a new word for integration. And this is the problem with jargon, isn't it? When we have boundary spanning, it's the emperor's new clothes. And there's me with my jargon. I suppose in one sense, boundary spanning is similar to integration, but they would argue it's not quite the same. Integration refers to a process of combining different parts or elements into a single unified whole, whereas a boundary spanning activity can support integration by facilitating communication and collaboration across organisational boundaries. So in that sense, it is a part, an aspect of integration. For me, it's splitting hers. I think it's about integrating activities and sharing information. Of course, splitting hers is what academics do. They build their careers out of it. I should know. So here you are. In a nutshell, boundary spanning can bring several benefits to supply chain collaboration. Or you may prefer integration. And information sharing can bring several benefits. And what might they be? Well, it can increase organisational agility to respond to a dynamic marketplace. You can advance cross-organisational exchange and innovation, and that brings its own benefits because you can learn from each other in the process. You can achieve better profitability because you can determine cost structures better through the sharing of that information, and you can find opportunities to be efficient as well as effective. And you can be focused on the customer because all the partners in the supply chain can focus their attention on what the customer wants. So it's about engagement, empowerment, 
in the workplace at different levels. And these flexible cross-functional learning capabilities can be developed in the teams, in the different parts of the organisation, through integration, through boundary spanning. You're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast and we're talking about supply chain collaboration today. Now, some people tell us that the claim benefits of collaboration in supply chains don't always get realised. And that's because they say that collaborations are always competitive. Now, I want to know if you agree with that statement or whether you think that collaborations do bring great benefits to working arrangements in supply chains. And if you think there are any benefits that we've missed in today's discussion, then let me know about those too. So drop me a line and let me know. Hey Tony, you know when you said you were a legend in your own lifetime. It was only a little joke. In passing, I wasn't being serious. No one says they're a legend in their own lifetime. You did, Tony. You said you were a legend. Hey Jenny, is Felix round? Hey Tony, why don't you tell everyone about some of the best shows you have? I'm sure people will want to listen to them. You're always telling them about the great guests you've had on your show. So why don't you tell them? Just saying. Hey Jenny, why don't you tell them about the shows? You've listened to the shows. You told me you liked some of the shows and you liked some of the people on them. Okay, I'll tell everyone about the great guests you had on. There was Owen Plant O'Toole talking about careers. Regina Free was on that same show too. There was Mario Paganini from Stored talking about the supply chain of the future. Professor Wendy Phillips spoke about redistributive manufacturing and Federico Crespo talked about his work with Heineken. There were lots of others too, but I can't remember them all. Did I do well? Wow, Jenny, that was really good. You did great. That was a great summary. I couldn't have done better myself. Yeah, thanks for the reminder, Jenny. Oh, well, I better go and feed Felix now before you tell me to, yeah. Oh, okay. See you later, Jenny. Well, I've got a new section in some of the shows that I'm going to put in from time to time. And it's called Post Bag. And it's about what people are asking me. They either come to me online and ask me, or they ask me personally when they meet me or when I meet them. And so I'm just going to deal with one or two of those today. And if you like this particular part of the show, then you can contact me too and ask me a question and I'll do my best to give you an answer. So first up is Jerry and he's asking a question that a lot of people ask. I should say, by the way, this is just my opinion. So as a disclaimer right up front, when I give an answer, it's just a straightforward, honest answer. I'm not giving you advice. I'm simply giving you an answer. Post Hi, Tony. Jerry from Chicago here. I really liked the episode about partnerships and power in the supply chain. I run a small firm producing auto parts for a larger supplier to the big firms and margins are always squeezed. We just had some of our contract prices reduced because our customer says the auto firms are squeezing him. Do you think this happens a lot? Jerry. Well, Jerry, unfortunately, I do. It does happen a lot. It happens when your customers come under pressure, as in the case here with the auto manufacturer, and they come back and they want some kind of adjustment on the prices that they're paying to you because their prices are being squeezed. I think one of the things I would do in these circumstances is I'd try and negotiate contracts ahead of time and make sure that there were clauses in there so that those prices were fixed for a period of time, and that often helps. 
And if you haven't done that already, then that's something to consider. But of course, I know it's difficult and sometimes you have to also be flexible and offer a bit of give and take. Obviously, if your customer's under pressure and you can afford to make the adjustment, then I'd consider doing it to support them through a difficult period until you can get better prices in the future. But it's always a tricky one. And partnership and power, as you know, you've listened to the episode, you said, power in the supply chain is often used to apply pressure. And it happens in retail a lot. In some big retailers, they just have it written into contracts that they can adjust prices retrospectively whenever they need to. So I hope that answers your question and I hope it gives the listeners some understanding of how power in supply chains actually works. Thanks for the question, Jerry. Hi, Tony. Anna from Norfolk here. I listen to the News Roundup. You often talk about the difficulties experienced by small firms importing from Europe to the UK and the additional costs since Brexit. I can confirm that we import meat products and our costs have increased more than 30% in the past year alone. We also have to wait longer for goods to be processed. We have worked with our suppliers for a number of years and we have a good relationship with them but they find it more difficult too. I just wondered if you know other firms in the food sector having these problems. Anna. Anna, thanks for the question. Yep, there's a lot of firms in your sector and particularly smaller firms who've had a lot of problems since Brexit. And those problems have come about because of the added costs and the frictions that occur in supply chains. There have been delays, as you know, at ports, I don't have to tell you. There's been additional paperwork costs and there's been certificates that you have to complete, which you didn't have to do before. And so those costs have gone up immensely. And it's it's a silent pain, I think, for many in your sector. And you're not alone. Many firms have even higher costs than you're reporting here to me in your question. So the only thing I can say is it's been a serious issue. And it still is a serious issue. It's not as bad as it was because people have adjusted to the situation. But it was all so unnecessary. And it's something that could have been handled a lot better by government. Post-bag. Well, that's it for this week's post-bag. And I hope you found those questions useful. If you've got any questions, please get in touch and I'll do my best to answer them. It's also the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed this special on supply chain collaborations. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. been listening to the Chain Reaction podcast written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.